Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Charlie, we completely went over on the last episode, so we're going to continue on with businesses, business lessons learned in 2022. But before we do, do you want to tell people what they should do? No, I'll do it. I don't trust you. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletters. Put in your details and subscribe so we can inform you every time we drop one of these episodes. Now, before we continue on with part two of the episode, let's cue Charlie's infamous disclaimer. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. All right, my number, th- my number three point. Uh, it comes back to we. It comes back to the point of build compounding businesses, not transactional ones. Do you want me to expand on that, Charlie? Just so you know, it's an interesting one. You t- yes. I know you were concerned your last point may or may not be interesting. This one is interesting. Definitely tell me more. So previously, you sent out this awesome email, and we did this great podcast episode around leverage versus compound. And it was like this forever ending quest of how do you get more leverage? How do you generate more revenue with like less team? Like how do you produce that, whether it's code, people, et cetera. And so one thing that I've learned a lot throughout this year because of our conversations and our 120 tabs on a scenario planning spreadsheet was validating a lot of what we were doing against how do we put time and effort into something that's going to be around for a very, 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 very long period of time. Right, because it's going to compound. So, Charlie, uh, I don't know if you remember a couple of months ago, we were looking at uh, delivering a service around paper lead because we had the ability to scale this very well. And so we brought uh, an account on and we were like, cool, like let's go and do the thing. And then upon reflection of running this for what would have been about a month and a half, you and I came to the conversation of going, does this uh, – does this actually build a compounding asset? <laughs> like if we stop doing the work on this, do we have anything that's left over or is this a uh, transactional? Like are we doing this for the cash run and just not worrying about is this sustainable for the next five, 10 years? And the answer was, yeah, this uh, doesn't really compound too well <laughs> because the assets like uh, you could try and twist it, but it just didn't work. And so you and I sat and had an adult conversation which was I, I don't think that this works because it it makes sense on paper. It's good leverage. It's good money. It makes sense, unfortunately, for us building a compounding business on top of everything that we're doing. It just does not fit into the mold. And so for me, that was a huge one where everything that I'm looking at and that we're discussing, I'm like, how does this compound? Like, How do we do work today, tomorrow, next week, the week after, the month after, where it just adds to itself? And this podcast is a great example. We record an episode and it's there forever. It's up on YouTube. It's up on the website. It's up on uh, Apple Podcasts. It is a compounding asset that continues to grow. Uh, Even if we don't publish for a week, it will continue to grow um, unlike other things. So it was just a, an interesting observation. And I'm trying to keep it short because it's we're running long. I'm actually a little bit flattered 
that you thought my email was awesome. So thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I did get some uh, really good feedback. So thank you to everyone that did uh, respond to that. I'm even more impressed, though, that it made your lessons of the year about this equation of like leverage versus compounding. Compounding. Because there's an absolute, again, this is just one of those things I find fascinating between like how people think about business versus how they think about investing. In the business world, leverage is the term that people really like, therefore they want the leverage. But in yep. um, investing, or did I screw that up? Oh, sorry, in business it's leverage and in investing it is the uh, compounding. Like everyone wants to put that penny in and see it double and double and double and double uh, like the uh, Tony Robbins example does in his uh, program, Get the Edge. So I look at it and go like they both apply, but compounding in my opinion is the more powerful one. I think yep. compounding to uh, the quote of the eighth wonder of the world. And I, I've found, and I know we mentor and coach quite a few people, like I've actually found that this concept uh, when talking about are these things things that scale and compound as opposed to just trying to build leverage, uh, doing the calculation for them over a long period of time makes the, the business owners that I've been working with go, oh, shit, I've been thinking about this completely wrong way where it's completely transactional at the moment for how do I just make money, how do I make money versus how do I build something that can continue to grow based on what I'm putting into it. It really does shift the lens to like a longer-term view, doesn't it? it? Like it really makes people think very differently. I um, had that same experience in a big way. When you're working with people, Grant, though, what is your finding that many people are just focused on short-term cash as a strategy and there is no long-term focus? I'm going to put a second layer on top of that, tactic chasing as well. So so it's like, oh, my gosh, I found this exploit. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, I can totally, like if I put white text on a white background, I can rank first in Google, right? And it's like, isn't it just better to build like this thing that just grows like a better strategy? You cannot go on a pedestal for putting white text on a white page on Google for doing rankings. I know both of us did that back in the day. No point in fingers here. Just put it out there. Just Are you telling me SEO isn't white text on a white page writing plumber Melbourne, plumber Melbourne, plumber Melbourne, and then – also paying someone on Fiverr to get as many backlinks as possible to Plumber Melbourne, Plumber Melbourne, Plumber Melbourne. I don't think people realise this. For anyone that wasn't in SEO, that is literally how you did SEO. Charlie, there are people that listen to this that used to be clients of mine and paid me good money for me to put white text and white background. So stop ruining my tactics. <laughs> that was the internet really before. has come a long way. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so the second layer I'll put on top of it is like tactic chasing. Like, which is they know it. They're like, oh, well, for now we will, I don't know, extract leads from a Facebook group because it's working now. And it's like, well, is that going to be the thing that actually works long term? Like, you know what's better? Having an offer that people want and they're just putting it in front of everybody. And so it's like, well, but then that compounds because then guess what, Charlie? You can come up with a second good offer that then compounds and then you've got two good offers as opposed to, well, this works really well now, let's go feast. And then when it stops working, it's famine, right? And so it's like, well, just look at the things that continue to grow and compound and just absorb that, put your time and effort into that. It might not be as sexy and as fanciful now, but shit, in five years' time, you're going to be grateful that you did it because everyone who didn't are sitting there going, feast and famine, feast and famine, feast and famine, famine. 
Is this something you're going to bring into your planning next year is looking at this compounding element? Already have. Yep. <laughs> well, the interesting thing, you and I have been doing this for most of the year is just like refining how do we do the thing, which is how this podcast started was the basis of this compounding and continuing to grow. It was something that has become more prevalent in questions that I'm now asking of myself, uh, even in sort of other businesses as well. It was it was something that I kind of knew, but it wasn't so obvious as to why I was leaning towards something else, if that makes sense. So I was leaning towards going, hey, like if there's a tactic, let's ex- exploit it. Or, hey, if there's a way for me to generate more leverage, let's just generate the more leverage as opposed to going, well, does it compound as well? Like if you can have both, great. But it's almost like the first question should be like, does it compound? And the second one is like, does it leverage and can you grow from it? Um, It's just a reordering of question priority. But to answer your question straight, 100%, like I've already applied it this year. Like this was a lesson probably six months ago and it's just been reaping the rewards as it continues. I think some people also have like a burning platform, right? And so I'm just going to make this, uh, tell this story more from the place of uh, how you can engineer it financially from compounding because compounding can apply in different ways, right? You already mentioned brand as well. If you're in a business and let's say you know it's only going to be around for a year, you literally are chasing a tactic to produce cash today. And maybe you're selling a course on how to do your tax in 2022, and you know at the end of the year it's over, right? There's a, yep. there's a very strict deadline. There's no compounding thing, but you've got the ability to make money in this vehicle for one year. If you know that and you can go, cool, I'm going to pull the profits out of this and I'm going to invest it into something that does compound, that is or can become your way of compounding something. Like you can connect other elements to this idea as well, where if you were to purely focus on compounding in every area, without the like cross collateralization of this concept, I think you miss out on even potentially bigger opportunities because that one year of like cash grab might be the thing that kickstarts your compounding in a way you never could have imagined. Completely. <laughs> Is it? Let's rewind 2008, Charlie. I, uh, I still remember it was January and I registered the domain. I can't remember exactly what year it was. Like. It was like 2000. At two zero zero nine carreviews.net. Because <laughs> I wanted to review, I wanted like uh, someone to write all the content to review the cars that were being released that year so that I could rank on Google because it was like keyword heavy. <laughs> and then at the end of the year, I was just going to scrap it and start a new one. I'm like, so, uh, Charlie, does that compound? <laughs> like, I, I shit you not, it was atrocious. That was, uh, yes. It was like 2000, I reckon it would have been 2007, 2008 or something like that. Amazing. I love that. (laughs) What about you? What's your third? All right. You ready? I'll lay it down. The further I go into business, the more good ideas I have to say no to. It's always hard when I provide 95% of the good ideas, Charlie. I'm just getting used to you saying no. Like I sit there and I'm like, who wants to hear my good ideas? Because – Charlie's just like, they're good, but I can't do anything about them. So I'm sorry. This is pointed at me and I understand. You know, years ago, years ago, and yes, I'm ignoring your uh, (laughs) comments right there and moving on. Years ago, I actually had this same lesson. And what I didn't necessarily understand, and I do now a bit more, and I think it's going to get worse as well as my forecast, is as you go years in business, 
you actually get better at it as a business owner. You get mm. more skilled, more equipped, a better network. Your ability to spot or have good opportunities be presented to you increases. Yep. Right. So years ago when I thought, I was like, all right, I understand, you know, I've got to say no to this and just do this because the gap between a good idea and a great idea was still pretty wide. As you get further though, you end up with more and more good, nearly great ideas and actually understanding or being able to pick between them becomes more difficult, way more difficult. So across this year particularly, I've been presented and also found many good ideas, many. And discerning which ones to say yes to has become harder and harder. And like symptomatically, this is where I think I could very easily get lured into the trap of your first point of like second business syndrome, saying yes to more things because they are legitimately good ideas. Like they're great opportunities in themselves. But in doing so, I will spread myself too thin and then likely have a fall down that comes with it. So my big lesson number three here is all around this concept of this is going to get worse, not better. Like expect the further you go into business, the even more challenging. They're going to be even juicier ideas that I'm going to have to say no to. Have you found that this becomes more apparent because of the success that you have had or the, uh, I'll say, liquid cash available for other investment opportunities, uh, to use that as an example. Like, do you think that this is a byproduct of the success that you have had or do you think that your business acumen is now so great that you can spot more ideas, therefore that your automatic filter is just aware of better ones versus 10 years ago when you started out in business? Like, Where do you attribute that to it's a great question. I, I hadn't actually thought of it from a resources side, but that is a factor. Because I've, uh, let's say, gained a higher net worth, there's now more things I can do with that capital where I previously didn't have those options. So if you would think of it to your means, we'll call it. So if you suddenly have, let's call it a million dollars in a bank account, um, your ability to seize opportunities that you can utilize that resource for now become apparent to you. And it has come up for me. I've definitely seen um, this year I saw a property. It was a fixer-upper. It was going to be a buy it, split it, renovate it, and I probably could have made 250 grand on it. So significant opportunity in my mind. But <laughs> at the expense of what? Yeah. So I resources find- is a sign. Network is a sign. Uh, business acumen and skill is a sign experience is a sign as well, right? It's like you have a good experience doing something and then you uh, have a new development of opportunity around that. Totally. I I think a lot of this because I'm in the same boat, right, where it is now that, and I'll use a we, now that our network is substantial, our business acumen is substantial, we have more people bringing more ideas to us and saying, hey, do you want to get in on the thing? our business acumen then allows us to refine that idea to make it from a mediocre idea to a good idea, which is like, hey, you kind of came with to me with a mediocre idea and this is how you'd make it great, which has then made it even more apparent. It's like, to use that overused word on compounding, it's like you take bring someone's idea into someone with good business acumen and it turns okay to great. And now it's like, well, now this is more good ideas sitting around where it's just a mixture of, all of it, plus your third one around resourcing. 
So it's like good business acumen, good network of a whole heap of ideas coming from them slash you and I and resources available to pounce on. Oh, this is a this is a, a potential for a disaster. How have you how have you ensured that you've said no to these things? Because we talk about a lot of ideas like every day <laughs> on what we do. Besides me just saying no. How do you approach it? I've brought in this concept of looking at my calendar before accepting a new idea because if there's not room for it on the calendar, then it it's not going to work for me. But then it's also yep. actually been like external validation. So the, I'll give a couple of examples here. But before I do, how many SaaS opportunities have you seen in the last, let's say, six months that you're just licking your lips at because you can see they're great opportunities? <laughs> you don't. I have a call with a guy from the US on Wednesday next week. <laughs> no, Wednesday this yeah, I week. It. About and I, that I'm not going to get into any of them, <clears throat> but I just have the conversations because I'm like, hey, maybe they want some money, and I don't have to get involved or something like that. But the answer is yes, like so much opportunity. Um, but then, yeah, I, I just it's just no to most of them. All right. So for me, the one that's coming up is ads, particularly TikTok ads. So I've been uh, running ads now for, it's got to be close to 10 years. I've become very skilled at ads. I know a lot of people that work in the industry. Like I, my awareness to what is going on and my ability to capitalize on opportunities within it is high, extremely high. I look at it and just go, this TikTok thing has become apparent to me. So we've started running a lot of TikTok stuff within the media services we do. And I look at it right now and go, the opportunity to be a TikTok specialist agency is gonna is massive. I think for the people out there that are in media buying that potentially don't have a niche or potentially even do, that aren't paying attention to TikTok ads, they'll regret it. <clears throat> and to give you the equivalent, it would be like ignoring Facebook ads when they came out. Like the opportunity to go hard on this early, plant a flag as the industry leader and get insane results because this platform is new and people are not on there. As uh, when I say people aren't on there, other advertisers aren't on there in the same way is massive. So even in this, I'm reselling myself on why I want to do this idea, Grant. I feel like we, I know the conversation we're going to have after this recording. <laughs> do you, but do you doubt that's a great opportunity? I think no, it's I a think great it's opportunity. Fantastic. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. All right. So if we burned everything to the ground and we just did that, do you think we could be successful? We could. It's just at what cost? <laughs> Hence the challenge. Like, are we going to burn this podcast? Are we going to burn like the other things that we're doing, which we've worked so hard to build and put in place? Like though, it's like the yeah. What is the opportunity cost of if we went to it? And see, I'm excited by it, right? Because it's new and shiny as well. But that is what becomes harder for people. So bring, bringing this back to the the point here that I think is immense is going like that has become very alluring to me. I know it's mm. not a good idea and it's not something I'm going to pursue, but saying no to that has become more challenging. And I realize there'll be more things like this that become even harder to say no to. And having that awareness, I think, is a really important lesson for me this year. Yeah. Do you, to sort of wrap this one up, do you have like a list of lessons learned or a list of principles or things that you work off that you sort of refine and review and all these things? Because like – Similar to myself, every year I go through goal setting for the next year, doing lessons learned, what are the the challenges that I faced, how did I approach them, how would I approach them differently? 
Um, and I've kind of listed them here and there sporadically. Like, is this something that you sort of feed back into something just so you don't have to repeat the same lesson again? Or is this more just refining you through experience and stuff? I'm just, I'm just personally well, curious. Well, now we have the podcast. I'm going to save the files, right? I think it's a great thing we <laughs> yep. should do every year. It's um, I've enjoyed this a lot, Grant. I will say that I would. I think we'll do the same thing next year and every year we do the podcast. I have a Google Notes set up, or sorry, not Google Notes, an Apple Notes set up where it's like I have my thinking time sessions all written down in there. So I've stored them all. As for them being indexed, no, but the notes I have kept. And I have actually reread some of the notes. And the reason is, is I think it's very interesting just in this is a side tangent to see what my state of mind was like, how I mm. was thinking about things. And it's been interesting that when I reviewed some, and this was literally this morning, I was reading some from like a few years ago and I was saying, wow, I've changed a lot. The thinking I was putting into that is very different than the person I am today. So I think that can be helpful as well, but maybe I will index them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love thinking time. You know what pissed me off the most was when I looked back to something. It was like nine months prior and I was ask, answering the same fucking question. <laughs> And I'm like, why is this? Because I was like, in thinking time, I'm like, why does this sound fucking familiar? And I'm like, oh, because I've answered this before. And I'm like, what am I doing? The scenario was different, but I'm like, the question was basically the same. I did think it was funny. Let's wrap this up, Rana. This nice short episode. Super short. Booyah. I just want to say thank you for everybody for tuning in. Don't forget. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your details and get notified every single time we drop these episodes because we do provide good reminders for you to do your own lessons learned, your own, go- your own goal setting and all those kind of fun things. And I just want to say thank you again for joining us. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Business and Investing.